gentlemen, we're back with episode 35, part B. Yeah? Yes. The Wayne special. New. All drinking. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> What are you drinking, Ross Lake? I'm drinking good old San Miguel from San Miguel Glass. Drink with us, grey beard. <laughs> uh, I'm <coughs> drinking Hobgoblin. Hob is dark. Dark Hobgoblin. I've got Hobgoblin Glass mm. in, in it. In said glass. Hobgoblin IPA. Ooh. It's got a lot of hops on the label. That's it's trendy. What percentage is that one? It's quite strong, isn't it? 5.3 or something. Um, I, no, I don't know. I'm going to come right out and say I don't know. Oh, let's look at the percentage to you. Will. Yeah, will I? Mm-hmm. That's part of the thing I look it, at first. It's nice, mind. Ooh. It's nice, mind. I've had it. I think they're all nice. Mm. Yeah. We'll go back and we want them to sponsor it. Yeah. The one like, <laughs> <laughs> Which would? That would be quite good. Yeah. Put, put the name to this shambles. You know what? Which would? If you don't sponsor it within two episodes, we're going to start slagging you off. Yeah. And pretend that your beer's turned horrible. We might even bring back the guillotine. But until then, I'm finding it really full-bodied and fruity. <laughs> <laughs> I will be enjoying it still, but I'm going to pretend that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yes, it's part two, which is going to be all about Wayne's gaming shenanigans. I'll help, I'll help you with that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> there you go, sir. It's going to be all about your gaming shenanigans throughout the history of uh, at least your lifetime. And perhaps... Well, uh, before, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, but before we do that, Wayne, you made a suggestion, didn't you? You wanted to try something, something you never tried before. What was it? Just a minute. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll Based wait. on the we'll radio game. Time to... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd come up and no, no. up yourself. So just a minute now to Radio 4 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to speak for a minute. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to, on a given subject, you're not allowed to hesitate, deviate from the subject, or repeat. Repeatiate. 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 Mm-hmm. So you can't repeat yourself, you can't repeat a word. Uh-huh. Unless it's the key, like keyword that can't yeah, be continuity word, word like two and a. You yeah, you can say like those. But if I said something like, "Yeah, they were very flamboyant," and the man came along and he was very flamboyant, yeah, uh, I'm out. Right, I'm going to lose this quite quickly. You can't can hesitate. We... So if you think in and you pause, uh, 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 that's it. What about if you speak like <laughs> the? No, that that's the rules. No, that's deliberate. That's deceptive. Again, <laughs> my buzzword of the <laughs> damn. Mm. So, do we take turns, or does the the time pass over? Yeah, the time passes over the next person. Right. So you count them to a minute, and it's who has the baton kind of thing. Whose turn is as the minute finishes. So I could theoretically pass the baton over to you, Ross, with like two seconds to go, because mm-hmm. I've got it wrong. So I'd be totally gutted. Because I'd have done 58 seconds and then I blow it. And then he comes in at the last time and gets all the glory. Yeah, exactly. That's the sort of thing Ross would do. (laughs) Is this the slag off, Ross? I'm sorry. It's fine. But just a minute, slag him off. The thing about Ross is that (laughs) without repetition, you're going to slag us off. Well, God, for a minute, that'd be demoralising, <laughs> wouldn't it? With but no repetition. It'd be quite easy. Sorry, that's the last one. Wow. <laughs> that's the last one, I yeah. yeah, no, I know, I heard. This is the last Gone Ark Slayer. It is. is. I, did you hear that? I'm not the last <laughs> episode of Gone Ark Slayer yeah. ever. Did, uh, what's the topic going to be then? Just, is it going to be general, uh, I like games because? Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll start with Spectrum. Oh, okay. Right. So we'll just say Spectrum. Maybe we could do different consoles. That's a good, oh, that's a good one, yeah. This could be a, a, a feature. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Depending on how... <laughs> who, wants, who wants to start, and I'll start. 
start your net uh, watch. Right, shall I go first? I'll go first. Okay. So I've never played this before. So. so, Tommy, you have just a minute to speak about the Spectrum Go. I remember when my brother got his first Spectrum, it was a 128K, I believe, the one. It had a tape deck on the side of it, and he had the James Bond pack. It came with the light gun. I was really impressed by the graphics. I has oh, can I come in now? Can I come? Was that hesitation, Ross? Or am I being picky? I, I, I think you could be the judiciary. Well, maybe where uh, I was going to go next. No, so. I think <laughs> am I being a bit picky there? No, no, I don't think so. Well, I'll tell you what. Continue with. I'm maybe being a bit. Okay. Uh, okay. So you, you have got forty-two seconds left to speak about this. Forty-two seconds left. That was only. 18 Bloody seconds. That's what a lot of people think when they're listening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. They often put it on in the last hours of people's lives. <laughs> it's like, you know what, I check out. The, My last wish. They call me the, uh, the death rattle. Yeah. In some circles. It's going to actually a death rattle. So Copyright that. Right. Okay, so you have 42 seconds to speak about the Spectrum, Tom, starting now. One of my favourite games on the Spectrum was Jet Set Willy. Yes, I know that sounds crazy because we've played it quite a few times and I did nothing but slag it off. However, the... Hesitation. That's a definite hesitation. Okay, yeah, so it passes to you, Ross. At 30 seconds, you've got 30 seconds oh, to right. speak about... Well, this is either going to go awesome or shit, yeah. so let's go one or two. It's either going to be three yeah. seconds or 30. Yeah, right? exactly. Do you, feel, do you feel ready? Should we go with it? Okay, yeah. so you have 30 seconds to talk about the Spectrum Ross starting now. At the age of eight, I was the only one at my school that didn't have a computer, but yet time was going <laughs> to... No, I don't think that's... <laughs> I was all of a sudden rolling it out, getting ready to roll out that <laughs> and thing, and then I was rolling out for thirty face. seconds, uh-huh. and, and then he tripped up. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, like, all you need to do is do that. No, fucking. The bad thing is, now it's passed to me, and I'm really <laughs> like on a, the uh, start and stop buttons. That one, man. right? So that's thirty nine seconds to go, or thirty nine seconds. Thirty nine seconds has passed. So it's this one here, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So twenty one seconds to go. Got twenty one seconds to go. So you've got twenty one seconds to go to talk about the spectrum starting. The thing I liked most about the Spectrum was the way the colours looked on the black screen. You only had a choice of eight, which was very limited, but what it could achieve with those colours brought up an amazing amount of atmosphere. Is that rep- repetition of the word colours? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. you're so fair. Yeah. Because I've realised. <laughs> I know. Known for my firm, my trademark <laughs> firmness. If there's anything you're known for, it's fairness. <laughs> it's my fairness. I'm known for deception. Yeah, and might. he's known for what? Making minutes seem like hours. <laughs> <laughs> the death rattle? No, he's the sexual death rattle. <laughs> All right. Again, go yeah. on, yeah. Right, uh, is it back to me then? Yeah, it's back to you, Tom. Uh you have just six seconds to talk about the Spectrum. Wow. Tom starting now. Horoscope Skiing was another of my favourite games on the Spectrum 128K. I remember my Nana being very good at Oh! He's had done a minute. Well done on the Spectrum. Yeah, it was good. I would have felt bad if I had a one now. I was never. After everything you said. It's surprisingly hard, isn't it, to do? Oh, yeah. So, like, you talk for ages and it's six seconds has gone. You're like, What is hard is listening to other people to see if they are actually. Like, hesitation is easy. Hesitation is easy, but repetition and deviation, so that would be just. 
completely changing the subject or yeah going off onto something I mean I suppose if you uh, <laughs> off on a tangent too yeah. much that's difficult yeah uh, that was good though basically really this that. game's made to befuddle me <laughs> do you want to do another one should we leave it at I'll that do another one. I'll okay. do another one right we've got one but it's not gaming and oh, it's, I'm going to just throw it at you right. as a challenge right uh, so he's going to go first through the boss do you want to go? Oh, okay then okay. yeah uh, Right, Ross, you have one minute mm-hmm. to talk about your most disastrous sexual experience <laughs> starting now. Hesitation at three seconds. It's probably not the best topic. Right, <laughs> you're. <laughs> what was the topic again? Most. Yeah, your worst sexual experience. Does it have to be genuine? Okay, now. Yeah, I you guess it never would. Know. but the problem is, you see, yeah. people will hear it. Um, yeah, that's true. Well, no one listens to this. <laughs> oh, that's true. Why don't we change it to the Commodore 64 instead? <laughs> yeah, Commodore 64. Oh, yeah, because we can do consoles. Ah, yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Or you could, the PlayStation, or... Can I say that that was a good example of deviation? Going from consoles to talk, starting to talk about oh, yeah. sexual... Yeah, well done. Was that why so you, was that's a, why you did that, wasn't it? Yeah, just, very to, just to very tighten us up a bit. <laughs> Commodore 64, then. We'll do that. Right, we'll do that, then. Is the clock ready? So, Ross, you have one minute to talk about the Commodore 64 starting now. Ah, the Grey Beauty. That was my first ever console that I owned, and I was the only one at school to have it, really. Everyone else had the god-awful spectrum. A challenge. Mm -hmm. It wasn't grey. Wasn't it brown? Oof. That's what it was renowned for showing, the brown colour. Seven Shades of Shit. It was that colour. Was it grey? The it body was, of it? Yeah, that guy. No way. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a worthy challenge. Oh, wrong, it's wrong, though. It's so actually it's incorrect. Yeah. So you have, Ross, 48 seconds to talk <laughs> about the Commodore 64 going now. So I got it one Christmas, and um, it turned out that the... <laughs> the Hesitation. So Tom is going to pass I want to know. So it passes to the... You know, the well, chat arranger. Yeah, the arsehole trips you up. Don't do that, contact. That's why I'm looking out the window. Right. Tom, you He's have. it off, right? You have 40.05 seconds. Easy. To uh, talk about C64 starting now. I had never played a C64 in my youth. The first time I'd actually played one of the games was on Thursday this week with my good friend Ross. We played Bruce Lee. We played Greenberry. Oh, ah, yeah. repetition. We played. We played. Passes back to you, Ross. Are you not participating? When you won the challenge. Because you were the one who went, oh, you've repeated. All oh, right, I see. <clears throat> so close to you. Because you want to be hanging on to it you? Mm. when the time's oh, up, you see. So. That's why it's beneficial to pay attention. Take it, take it. <laughs> and know how to play the game. <laughs> but none of us really know. Yeah, and I will guess. <laughs> Ross, you have. Uh, 27.5 seconds okay. to talk about C64 starting now. The C64 that I got originally had a problem with its sound chip and they went to fix it, they being my parents. Can, can I just say, this is the saddest story. <laughs> it's really tragic. Oh, are you alright then? <laughs> no, no, please continue. Uh, 21 seconds, what happened? So the, the Commodore is famous for its SID chip, which produces its awesome sound and that was what was faulty in my particular model of the Commodore 
So my parents took it to the uh, shop to get the see. Oh, <laughs> he also uh, he he also so repetition good. of parents as well. Yeah. Yeah. He also uh, can I, can I, can I, uh, me? You, um, you'd be yeah, that yeah. sort of kid at school, but you know, teacher, teacher. You know the people who <laughs> yeah. got that normal, yeah. but they're holding it with the other arms. I know that. Yeah, I was. I hate them people. I was really good. So Tom passes back over to you with just six seconds left to talk. Did you about. not have? I thought you got the you got the hesitation. Did I, or you, oh, did I? Get, you got the hesitation. It, it passes to me <laughs> with yeah, 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 with just six seconds left. Fucking hell! Finish ready. Off. Right, okay. See sixty-four. Six seconds to go, and oh. the best thing about the Commodore sixty-four, in my most humble opinion, was the fact that when that's you, it. That's uh, it. What's the message? What's the fact? It was when you played loaded in a game, you didn't have to listen to tape noise. Oh, like a sealed cassette thing, didn't it? Like right. weird ergonomic looking mm-hmm. cassette deck. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> was that, was that I thought, I, I thought I'm it was like to a, myself now. I thought it was like a sea of beige. <laughs> sea of, that was just it's like swimming the in the sea of birds, unless you know, it was just yeah. the colour shit brown. That's the, what Terry, who is a total like spectrumophile, and he fires that across at the Commodore. Yeah. Is shit brown. Shit brown was one of the colours that the Commodore mm. would like did, one of he, his seven or eight pictures. Like, did he say it was the seven shades of shit though? Is that what he? Possibly. You see, the Commodore but had colour, but he had a spectrum, did he? Yeah, but the Terry, I mean, fan, I, big fan of spectrum. Everyone at my school had spectrums, so it was like mine, mine too. I was about the only person with a C sixty four, and one of the reasons I befriended Martin, who we went about with Wipeout, was because he also had a C sixty four. See and. These two people are the class, I'm class, mm-hmm. Terry not so good, sorry. Hey, I never, I never, <laughs> Terry limited. <laughs> yeah, I Terry gen- limited personality. <laughs> yeah. I genuinely didn't play one until the other day. That was the first time I'd actually had a good go on a C64. And I was impressed, I was really impressed. Mm. And I can see why people said it was better than Spectrum. I mean, I, I feel like I'm going over old ground, but what happened was I was so desperate to get a computer and I told my parents that I wanted, and the only really had free to choose from, well, Amstrad, Spectrum, or Commodore at that no, time. That's true, yeah. Not time Atari, frame. was that Atari before? Uh, the Atari ST, do you mean? Or uh, Atari 2600 was. Well, God, was I'm before. so glad they didn't get us that. Yeah. No offense to people who were using them, but. Well, they were the cartridge. Yeah, uh, and they were expensive. Uh, yeah. Like the games. American as well, weren't they, Atari? Uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The games that back then, right, were. I remember, like, when Mercy used to get cartridges, you know, like. Uh, You'd always like computer games to like, because you couldn't afford them. You didn't have any disposable income. You get one at Christmas and mm. one at your birthday mm-hmm. or something like this. Whenever anybody used to get Atari ones, I remember even back then they were forty quid. The yeah, games. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're back right. Then, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like whoa. It's because the chips <laughs> in them were so expensive. It's the same with like Nintendo and stuff. Like they put chips in to like kind of improve the actual machine to mm-hmm. be able to run some yes, of the stuff. Right, yeah, yeah. So instead of like boosting oh, the memory, oh, so they had like a uh, so uh, work backwards almost. Like yeah. instead of boost, like putting something in the console, the actual cartridge would enhance the performance. Uh, yeah, sure, I didn't know that. That's why like Mario Three. Kind of. Mm-hmm. That's why Mario Three looks amazing mm-hmm. for the Nintendo because it's got so much like custom chips in it and stuff. There's actually an interesting thing that in America they didn't allow some of the custom chips, which meant some of the games didn't come across from Japan or they had to change them a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's like muddy in the water. But the Commodore and Spectrum and Amstrad, the reason I wanted one of them is 
you get games for two quid mm. and now I'm not saying they were like amazing but at that age that's all I wanted mm. I love the thing if you'd get the odd person who lived on the scrappy estate who would flog to kids <laughs> cassettes of games yeah. do you know what I mean and you'd get like oh I got this cassette off so and so it's like 500 games on it yeah oh, they were you. awesome you know they? yeah they'd get like this tape and nothing would load <laughs> in like but they were all shitty little games like 10 of them were just the same game yeah with different colours well you know the thing the weird thing again with the Spectrum was it was really easy to pirate games yeah so the library rented out games right. so you could rent out oh, a game yeah, called the library yeah. copy it yeah. but with the Commodore there was something else you needed to do to be able to copy it there was right. some piece of machinery you couldn't just put two tapes in you couldn't it would oh, record yeah. but it would never work uh-huh. it's much to my frustration with these fucking spectrum kids who are like down <laughs> like already rubbing my face <laughs> 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 that's yeah, what you need right. yeah, yeah, then it would load that. into like some amazing game I love that though the spectrum loading screen with mm-hmm. the colours yeah, yeah that's the one Hypnotic. one thing where like uh, Commodores that like I loved it but the whole thing was on you know the thing about your C64 is got proper keyboard so you can code mm-hmm. and do basic on it but you with a spectrum you could code but the keyboard was so crap it was the, like a bath sponge wasn't it and that was, it was the like, 48k but then the, oh the did they later, get a better one yeah the one to eight keys oh, had like keys, that keyboard actual like, keys yeah yeah, that's actual. Yeah, that's advanced that's like, evolutionary theory yeah. like darwin well, is imagine it? trying to code like a 1500 lines of code <laughs> with that spongy keyboard like me me but we once instead we had this really shit move one week where we could have i can't remember why it was but we could have got a computer game at the shop for the c64 and instead we got a book we got greedy so we got this book where had a thousand games that you can code you can code yourself right and they were all called things like uh World War War Balloon Paratrooper Patrol or something, and you're like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, right, we'll have this, and none of them worked, yeah. and you'd have to go through like eight thousand lines of code going. But the problem was the original wasn't debugged, right? So the that actual bloody book that was, happened to me. I remember this <laughs> period where I wrote out loads of code under like my dad forcing us this, you know, you, this is good for you, improving you as a person. And I wrote it all out, and then later on I found out there was a key that, um, because of the way it was printed, the circles and O's didn't have the line through, so there was a fault with the actual print. Right. So I hadn't picked up on that, and I would have had to go back and rectify that. Needless to say, I did not. <laughs> and then, if, I'll tell you something, if I had read that and things were different now... You I could have played have... World War One Sniper and that World Paratrooper. <laughs> <laughs> Elite Paratrooper. Yeah, things would have been very different. I know. Did you enjoy that game of... Uh... <laughs> I think like a long time. <laughs> Just a minute. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Thank you for the suggestion. I think we should make... We might even do that in the future with future guests. Unless that's trademarked, that version of... I've actually copyrighted it. Right, okay. The right. way in copyright. Yeah. Well, actually, request I'm, your permission. I'm trying to think. It's Ian Messiter who actually invented that game. Right. He always gets mentioned on the show. We'll give him a shout out again. So Ian Messiter. Okay, Wayne. We talked... A bit then, we've mentioned a bit in the first part about the different stuff that you've experienced, the different games, you've touched upon it. Shall we go in deep? Yeah. Shall we go in the real deep? deep? Dive. How deep? How deep shall we go? Really no. deep. 
knuckle deep. Is this going to be like a four hour episode? <laughs> With me going, and then, <laughs> and then hover bother. And then, can you believe it? CDs, <laughs> compact discs. <laughs> so, yeah, where did it all begin? When it all began was with, I mentioned earlier, I got into a computer fair when I was about 10, and there were loads of people who had some binatone machines playing simple games like Pong and mm. Tennis and Tank Battle and right. shit like this. And uh, that's where I first saw Berserk, which yes. was on the Dragon. Oh, was on computer dragon? or BBC computer or something, I think. I put Atari there because it did come out on the Atari. Uh, so when I submit my top ten, I put Berserk Atari, but mm. it was on some other system. So yeah, seeing all these uh, dead basic uh, stuff at this computer fair, and then our first setup at home was uh, in television. Right, was the first one we got, and we had about fifty cartridges for that. A mass, but I absolutely loved that. Like that, that game was amazing. That console, so many people used to play it. Like, look, you know, all my mates all used to pile around. It would mm. just be there all day, pissing about with it. Was it quite a rare one? Because <clears> none of my friends I ever remember having in a television when I was younger. Was it? I think it was, I think it was, and it was more expensive. And me and me brother had uh, club together to get it. Right. So if you were just like a kid alone, mm-hmm. you'd probably go with the Atari because you couldn't yeah. like add, you couldn't like double up kind of thing. So but like, I love Ataris as well though, that's mm-hmm. it. I know this is this is a bit personal, but like what e like decade what like time frame? Like what was early, the year? early eighties. <laughs> <laughs> like kinda yeah. like early eighties. So the early like I wonder if that's pre before the computer boom of the spectrum and yeah, just before I think Tom's like Two younger years. than us, you see. Even though he's all wizened and the yeah. grey hair, and that's hard to believe, isn't it? And that the fact Hideous, that he isn't he? can't mm-hmm. leave this room in the gout, <laughs> gout ridden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> head to foot. Uh, this yeah. this will have been about 1980, 81, something like that. So it was mainly like people uh, who were pretty well off. Getting some pretty shit console, like a Binetone tennis game or something. And then within about two years of that, there was then this total explosion of, uh, you know, well, initially there was like ZX81 come yeah, out. Yeah. If you're a bit of a maths whiz or something, you might want a ZX. But there, the ZX81, there was no kind of thing of, oh, that's like for gaming. Mm-hmm. It still wasn't linked to a gaming yet. And it only became like a. You know, that setup of I'll get the game, and mm-hmm. like that only really started with like Ataris and then televisions. So, mm-hmm. what's that, 82, 83, or something like that? And there was kind of like three, three or four years or something where like everyone, all your mates either had an Intellivision or an Atari, mm-hmm. and you would always just be playing on each evening at somebody's house playing on an Atari yeah. or an Intellivision. It was good because people were trading games. Was yeah. that a nice symbiotic relationship unlike the Commodore Spectrum relationship which was horror? Yeah, was yes. it Was it like, are you excuse me sir, which console do you have? Yeah. I have an Intellivision. It's much more polite. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually have an Atari <laughs> but that's fine. Yeah. But that wasn't like that. We can like still be friends. Yeah. yeah. 
we're still we still live the same life. <laughs> we want the same things. But then when it then it became spectrum and comedy, yeah, it was and like you fucking suck. Yeah, yeah you fucking fuck also. Yeah. And then some like, kid comes in like, let's calm things down. Yeah. What have you got? And I'm said, ah, fuck you. Yeah. Like at least and you can they, come together and slag him off. The poor dude who's then ostracised by everybody because he's got an Amstrad <laughs> or Apple. That yeah. was the oh, worst. Yeah. But then, I suppose, with benefit of hindsight, then Apple, you know, how many Intellivisions, Mattel, were a Mattel now. Yeah. You know. Is that bigger than Who made them? Mattel made uh, Intellivision. Really? So before then, you know, every Christmas when you decide and when you kid, what am I going to put down from our Christmas list? Mm-hmm. There'd always be all these tons of adverts on TV from Mattel. Yeah. Right. And they were for like rubbish stuff like Stretch Armstrong yeah. and things. That's not rubbish. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> they were for like really good stuff like Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> and then uh, then it's one it. of them was then like the Intellivision. So there wasn't this like, it's like, what the fuck is this? So like nobody knew what to expect at that point. Right. Uh, well, did you think that, you know, when Nintendo dropped, <laughs> one of the things they'd done to try and sell their product, because in America, more so than this country, you had that problem in 1984 with the crash of game. Then, yeah. Where there was... So when Nintendo came out, it came out with that Robbie the Robot thing. I don't know right. if you've seen this. No, no. There's a great angry video game nerd about Robbie the Robot. Good, yeah. And the reason they marketed with that thing was to sell it as a toy rather than a gaming system right. because of the bad experience people had had with the Atari. Right, yeah, yeah. And all the shit that had come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the blame is getting hoided at game, yeah. but I don't know if that's... Accurate. No, it's not. I don't think it's totally fair, though. Well, that's what the documentary suggested, anyway. Mm-hmm. What, the E.T. game? Yeah. Because I remember playing that, mm-hmm. actually. I remember being shit. <laughs> <laughs> you remember? <clears throat> Correctly. <laughs> there was a Close Encounters one as well, wasn't it? Yeah, well, honestly. What, what did I they do? I think so. I think there was a Close Encounters. There's a game for anything <laughs> on Atari. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the E.T. one, I remember. Oh, that's weird, though, because I remember playing that. And I remember it not being up to scratch. So that was like the death knell for Atari. Yeah. That's what the urban legend is, that people bought it Mm -hmm. thinking it was going to be awesome, and it was this baffling, bizarre product that made no sense, Mm -hmm. and it was a bit shit at the same time. So everyone took it back, Mm -hmm. and it made... um, Because every all the companies in their warehouses and stuff had bought so much of the product, they'd overbought. Oh, right. So So people are taking it back... And they're like, fuck, we've got all this just lying around. And it made like people then cautious about what they were next going to buy. And a lot of people just got put off games. Yeah. Like, that could actually happen in the future, couldn't yeah, it? With, like, if, if gaming went to a certain extent where things were like too hard to get into or something, the same thing could happen. Yeah. Like, business if God model, a mobile gaming business model that everyone's adopting now, it could be, like I was saying about the Amazon game studio, mm-hmm. they're obviously going for maximum sales and, and trying mm. to force people's hands to have to pay to win stuff like that that's that's the way it's going to go and pay for skins and stuff people are going to get bored of it eventually yeah you just go oh, fuck this but i can't see that no, being no a, good ips out there i can't see that being a costly mistake like well, something like god of war mm-hmm. where it must have took a shitloads to make oh, it yeah mm-hmm. if that bombed mm-hmm. and people weren't interested yeah that's a costly mistake right, yeah. where that's the perfect storm where these mobile games they're not 
You're right. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, but that swing, for instance, mm-hmm. that couldn't have took long to make. Yeah, no, you're right. But it, it's the interest of the gamer, isn't it? Waning when they get the waning yeah. <laughs> when they get the point where they go, uh, no thanks. I, I just uh, there's you just put all of your eggs in one basket. All you're producing now are, mm-hmm. are these games where you've got to like pump money into it as you're playing <coughs> to to progress. I think gaming's become. I don't know if those games are a bit too. There's not enough to them, mm. kind of. Thing. Yeah. Like yeah. I like a game, but very shallow. I'm a bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit obsessive on one thing. But I'll get a game that I really like. I'll like hunt through a load of games, and eventually after like buying eight games or something, I'll hit upon one, something like Red with. Dead or something, and then I'll play it for like a year, mm-hmm. and I'll be pissing about with every nook and cranny of the thing, you know, just obsessing with it. Uh, but then I'm not, it depends on, it's like your rate of game and like I'll sit down and play like two, three times a week or something. Some people are like, you know, every day on this. Yeah. Uh, so you blast through it quicker. But I like that thing we were talking about earlier where, like with the sitcom, is there a life in this? Mm-hmm. Is there a life in this game when I'm not playing it? And I think when you when you engage in gaming that way, you, it's as much your imagination as it is what's happening in front of you as yeah. well, you know. So I'm playing saboteur at the moment, and that's very much like a. Oh, I wonder what's around there. I wonder, yeah. like, and you find out bit incrementally, bit by bit by bit by bit, and that will take me. I'll be playing that for ages. That game, just like you know, just getting to know it like more and more and more. With like those mobile kind of games, there's none of that kind of element. No, and nothing to them. I find it really interesting. You say that, well, actually all three of us say this, because we're all old enough to remember really simplistic games yeah, yeah, yeah. where your imagination <coughs> took place. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of these games were as simple as the mobile games. Mm. I think they had, they're striving for something else. Some of these mobile games, there is no, they're not striving for anything else. And I think it's because we've seen now what's possible, and uh, back then that was what was possible. But now that we see what is possible, and we can see these developers still producing this shallow shit, you just think, well, that's not, that's not okay. On those games, on those games, like really for like you know, student on a train. Yeah, or it's yeah. That kind time, of I'm, I'm waiting again. But it's the problem is where it's the, <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that it's encroaching on on what you'd call real gaming, mm-hmm. and real gaming is now following those models. That's what I'm seeing. And this Amazon, these Amazon products that are going to come out. They're going to essentially follow that model of let's make as much money as possible off as shallow as possible the game that we can get away with. Mm-hmm. That's what that's that, that's what I'm saying. I hate that. I think it is going to go more in that like a, a simple, a simply being cost effective. Yeah, it? yeah. And it's you like, can make nine of them games or ten or mm-hmm. twenty of them games for every God of War. I'll yeah. go back to God of War because most of us shit loads. Oh yeah. So you can make 20, 30, 40 of them games. 39 of them could fail, the 40th yes. one could just sell yeah. like shit or sell products through it mm-hmm. and then it's fine. It's fine. That's that's a key point, actually, selling products through it. Yeah. It would become like a conjugate brand or a franchise. Itself, it, like. Yeah. Well, all these games are free. That rope was free. Uh, yeah. There wasn't no <coughs> rope. What was it called? Swing. Swing. Rope's that Hitchcock movie, isn't it? Which is really good. Ah, it yeah, is. Yeah. Yes. Have you seen that, Tom? I haven't. That's a filmed in one take. Well, that's it's filmed like in because the wheels are filmed were just eleven minutes long. 
So they just went from reel to reel to reel. So everything's like as long as they can get it without cutting. Mm-hmm. I think it has like two cuts in the whole wow. film. They're really obvious as well. The camera goes in on the back of someone's jacket <laughs> and it like pulls back out like that. <laughs> With your modern eyes, you can kind of go, oh, there was a cut there, wasn't yeah. there? Kind of like when I was a kid and I was watching porn and now I realise when the camera goes to the light and then comes back down and for the finish shot, <laughs> I realised that that was done as a kind of mechanic. yeah. So what came after? <laughs> anyway, what came after the Atari? So after the Atari, we got a, uh, uh, sorry, in television, yeah, we got a. Uh, uh, I've had a couple of Ataris too over the years. I got in years after the event. I found a junk shop in Atari T six hundred, and bought it for like sod all for like oh. a tenner, and then found a shop that actually still sold. Uh, Atari cartridges new. Wow. I was like, why? Where have they got these from? Is it like a market or something? So I bought a load of them and I ended up with about like 30 cartridges and me and my mates would like play on them and stuff. And it was in the basement of the house we lived in and then the house flooded. And I came down to the basement one day because we could smell water and we knew something had gone wrong and all the basements in the street had flooded and stuff. And I went down. And there was just my Atari and all the cartridges were the only thing down there. And they were floating oh, around on the on this black water. Oh. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I, turned, oh, fuck. and I turned around and walked up and just left the basement. But I never went down again. So I never went back to yeah. see, oh, I wonder if my Atari, because it was over. Mm-hmm. You know, there could be two sharks playing. <laughs> the GTA shark yeah, could be playing. thrashing around <laughs> Huh? After C sixty four, there's a bit of a, a bit of a gap for me where I'm not as involved in it for a few years, and then I kind of pick back up in gaming a bit more with like people doing early sort of PC gaming. Okay, I'm trying to think what level that would be at. So it was games like Alone in the Dark. All right, which is really really good. When mm-hmm. that came out, that I mean. My mate went to get it, I think that was in about 1992 or something. So I was like a student by then. And uh, we went to get Alone in the Dark and then we all sat up all night playing it. Like it was really good. Uh, exactly what it should be like with gaming. Mm-hmm. I think. And I had a big Mario Kart phase. For me actually, from then, from a, from a, for about 10 years or more, mm-hmm. my gaming becomes like portable. So it's wherever I am. So it's like, say if I'm living in a house and somebody's playing Mario Kart, I'll get into Mario Kart. Yeah, somebody's right. playing Goldeneye, I'll get into Goldeneye. Like that kind of thing. But also as well, the other factor is that, that for gaming as well, it's like uh, living in Hartlepool is like a seaside town. So if you live in a seaside town, you buy the arcades. So there was all of that factor as well. Mm. So I suppose part of me getting into seeing what you could do at home with a game was because you'd seen what you could do on these amazing machines, right. you know. So you got, like, dead, dead basic games. Like So you would have seen the start of the Yeah, arcades. the very start. I think I was the perfect age. And then the death of them as yeah. well. So when I was about eight, uh, they got an arcade machine for Space Invaders in the shop at, the, like, the newsagents. Yeah. Uh, and everyone used to just blast in there after school and play the shit out of Space Invaders. Uh, and they had to, and then like a load of probably 
about like mid eighties or something. A lot of driving games came in with the arcades as well. Mm-hmm. They were like really good and fighting games and there was an explosion, wasn't there? Street Fighter, like in yeah. But those arcades and they're all closing up. Mm-hmm. So if you go down that same strip today, the only one that's doing very well is there's one right at the end which was so outdated. So it was the rubbish one before. So when you were wanting to actually play, um, I'm trying to think what game you play, you know, Shark Attack or something, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. You like those, the games in that arcade were the rubbish old ones, mm-hmm. right? But now, and the new arcades would have like, you know, pole position and then they onwards and like fighting games and stuff. Now they're all a bit gone bust and. You know, like you just go in there to buy some drugs, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know why why you would go in there. But the arcade right down at the end, which was the really crap one, no one would ever go in. Mm. You'd always go in there and kind of scoff at how old their steam powered games were. Right. Now, those, really weirdly, just last week I was working in the Discovery Museum and they've got an exhibition of old gaming machines. Right, okay. Uh, like, you know, like penny slot mm-hmm. uh, machines. And loads of all that early stuff is actually from that arcade. Whoa. Because I was talking to them like, where's all this come from? Where's yeah, okay. this arcade? And they were saying, wouldn't be surprised if some of them have actually come from there. Yeah. So there's that, cha- there's that big chapter as well where games, gaming and games go from being a thing you go out to do, the thing where you, you can take it home. Mm-hmm. But the home version's a bit rubbish and the out there arcade version's really slick. Well, those offer different experiences, like because a few of the things you picked from the earlier ones, like um adventure and stuff, that's mm. like stuff that you would never get in an arcade setting. Oh, Arcade's yeah. more like it's one your time, your money rather, and is quick is it can get it sort of thing so like you play games like Space Invaders or Pac-Man where it's like score attack sort of thing mm. but yet at home on your like consoles at that's true time, you've already paid haven't you there's no DLC there's no mm-hmm. there's no more to come once it's on that cassette yeah isn't it bugs and all it's like just <laughs> the whole thing that's it there was no no updates or patches or anything like that <laughs> I suppose PS3. I then yeah. PS3 about seven years. Okay. Ago, did you not like play? Did you not have any other <clears throat> other PlayStation? Oh, the PlayStation. I definitely played uh, GTA on a PS. Well, we played PlayStation One. I've missed that out really. So PlayStation first coming out, playing Wipeout and all of that. So that's mm-hmm. about nineteen. And then, yeah, living in various house shares, so there was definitely, like, going through the generations of the consoles. Uh, but it's not until I get the PS3 that I actually then reinvest and oh, yeah. get another one. Mm-hmm. 
and then that's playing mainly prompted. I reckon a lot of people might have done this mainly prompted by uh, GTA uh, Five. Five, yeah. Just being so absolutely yeah. mind blown, so groundbreaking. Like, right, you've got to get this. If you've ever liked gaming, you've got to get this. I think like the PlayStation's one of the best for like an overall thing. It hasn't got like the limitations. So it's like worked as a, you know, like say with uh, with the consoles, you might say if really like one game, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, but there was a lot of dross and stuff. With PlayStation, it seems like there's a really high standard. That so might be contentious with that guy, because you're more Xbox these days. Yeah, I haven't played a PlayStation since PS2. I've been oh, Xbox right. since then. I never had a PlayStation 3, like, that was a console that missed me out sort of thing because we both had the 360 and we, we loved it. The 360 had loads of, like, just a massive library of games. I, well, I've yeah. got to decide that, really, what to go. I'm definitely ready to, like, upgrade. Upgrade. And mm-hmm. it's like, shall I go over to Xbox or stay with PlayStation? Mm-hmm. I haven't got a particular loyalty to the thing is, The thing is with Xbox, you've got, and I know that some are available on PlayStation Network, but Xbox, they're, they're, they're big with the backwards compatibility. So if you went on Xbox now, mm-hmm. got an Xbox One, right. you could play a lot of the Xbox 360 library, which is always growing, and the Xbox original library. Oh, so they're still bringing yeah. out don't 360 still... games now? Like new... No, they're not bringing them out. Well, no, I don't think, actually, any games are coming out of 360 now. But probably they're... FIFA will be still. Yeah, probably. But they're making them available to play on the Xbox right. One. So it's like a, an emulator built in on the Xbox One. Oh. But you, you'll have really had to have owned the games. Well, or you can right. still, if it becomes backwards compatible, you can buy it. Right. Yeah, so you could buy any game that you really wanted and they're reasonably cheap. And also, you get four games for free every month. Oh, really? Um, if you've got Xbox Live Gold. Right. You get that with the PlayStation Network as well. Right. I would say the the difference in the consoles are basically... They're quite minimal, actually, yeah. now. I would agree. That's one thing that the um, Xbox has over the PlayStation, perhaps. It's funny how there's always two consoles, isn't there? We're talking yeah. about the history of gaming. Well, you've got the... And there's always two against each other. Nintendo's been there for a long while, but it's just, it's not really... Well, you've got this one that's probably one of the most successful <clears throat> consoles ever since the Wii, and it's the uh, Switch. Yeah. It's doing amazing. Mm-hmm. So you've got that as well. I mean, if you wanted to go... Oh, yeah. I could just step out totally Completely, into yeah. New Horizon. It is very different. That's the thing with Nintendo, isn't it? it I've is, been playing the Wii U with, with my niece and it's, it is... We play through Mario and she she loves it and it's it's class console. I feel mm. though, we've said this before, but we might be more interested in gaming than you are at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. But I feel mm. like it's not the console to have as your principal console just because not a lot of games come out from mm. the Nintendo products. Yeah. Mm. I think for me it's a specific game so I'd be prepared to buy like, oh right, I will get a PS4 but it's because I know I can get that specific game mm-hmm. and I know I can share out that game and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be playing it for a year and a half, I love it so much. So it would be more like that, like uh, the decision that wouldn't be based on like, a, oh what's going to come out in the future, where's it going? Like, I'm still probably got the psychology of, you go to the shop, 
you buy the game on a cassette, you take it home, that's it. Yeah. You know, there's nothing else happens. Part of me wishes it was still as simple as that because the I simplicity hate of it. DLC I... because of that bleeding. I've started playing through DSX, and one of the things you can buy is more Praxis points. Practice points are essentially, it's an uh, like a adventure game in the sense that you get experience and you get these points that you can spend on on building your character up. So you can actually cheat the game yeah, by so buying them. Yeah, right. it's stupid, isn't it? It's What's stupid. And it's also like, well, you said that about Battlefield. You just yeah. go, why are people wanting to buy these weapon packs and yeah. stuff? They yeah. can unlock just through playing the I game. That, yeah. It's a bit like uh, a different thing in a way, but it's, you know, on YouTube where you can buy hits and on so you can then come in we're like yeah I've got like 12,000 listens to mm. yourself because only you care <laughs> can you actually but, do that yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but why would just on YouTube for like why would you do hits and shit like that whoa yeah. this is news to me this Podcast, man. it's like $10,000 and stuff like that to get like huge amounts of hits but that like, is yeah. crazy because then you can sell your space for adverts mm. and all this kind of stuff and you're just getting that wrong but then really haven't you just become like the capitalist mm. really and didn't you start off doing your stuff to be like a DIY yeah. independent kind Sad, of thing I'm almost, I'm almost scared of us saying this but we're also old enough to have seen the start of the internet and what it's turned into now mm. How the internet was a freedom for free speech and stuff, and now we found out that free speech is evil and we shouldn't have it. And free speech Apparently. becomes, yeah, it's like, yeah, it becomes very. Before the before in the past, you'd, you'd get like this idea that there's there's like one point of view, there's like a grand narrative, and they go, "This is the grand narrative," and there are trusted sources for that grand narrative. But now with the internet, there's this pluralist, you know, as many. As many times as you want to look for a new viewpoint, you'd find a new viewpoint, mm. and you could just do that forever, and there'll be new. It's all generating here, and but I don't know maybe it's, it's just because we've seen that development over the over the longer yeah. picture. But I can understand as well. Like, do you remember uh, Windows as a platform? Right, it's kind of one of the big criticisms of it was always, huh, Windows is crap." Because it's always having to do updates. They mm. didn't even finish it off and they sold me at the shits. It's not that at all. It's because it's a changing world. So yeah, they've got to do yeah. updates on the fly. Mm-hmm. And because the world's changed on the fly. And then they're kind of update new with that. Right? But it took ages for that concept of, oh, this can be kind of on the hoof. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the thing I buy and I take it home, I put it on the shelf and it's in my games collection and that's like got this royal place in my top 10 games or whatever, you know. It's uh, it's going to keep changing and shifting all the time and I think more and more, there, there was well now you've got the thing of, uh, do you remember even as a kid, like uh, you've got your music collection and mm-hmm. you, you get another item for your music collection or whatever, but... You know, now, so often you're not even going to have soon a console. You're not going to have... It's going to completely change. Like yeah. I, I barely use cash now. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. And it was only about a year ago I was hearing stuff on the radio where they were going, people won't use cash yeah. in the 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> and now, like, three months later, I'm like, why would I want cash? Well, we've talked you know, before about the idea of consoles of the future where 
you would sort of hire them like you do a Virgin Media box or a Skybox. Yeah. And then when the new one comes out, you'd, you'd pay like a monthly subscription and they yeah. just come out. Eventually, it'll all just be like cloud-based anyway, the game, and it'll just be, you have a controller connected to a fucking socket in your wall and all everything, all the hardware will just be yeah. on a huge big server, probably. That's so much simpler for them to actually yeah. produce these consoles with custom chips and mm. you know mm. go out on a limb of designing them mm. and mm. like doing this and that. and that yeah and then marketing them all you need to do is this a service yeah. have you noticed how much closer it takes us though they're like a mad max esque <laughs> scenario because once you put all of that can technology... i just have my cod, cod piece then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'll drive i'll drive you around you in? yeah in my, we weird, <laughs> in, in my weird ice cream van in the desert <laughs> Yeah. Turn, just rocking yeah. it. This will be sorted that. Then. <laughs> mm. But yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like a, I don't know. Like, no, I've no, lost my train of thought. Why is Mad it closer Max? to Mad Max? I am intrigued. Oh, well, it's closer to Mad Max in that if you put all of that, at least if all of that technology and that way of living and and those ways interacting and those ways of basing knowledge and things are in like a coherent pattern mm-hmm. over these last 25 years or something that coherent pattern has just become more and more complex but it is still a coherent pattern mm-hmm. it's just more and more complex but then when it gets to a certain level when that complexity is like you know I don't own that hardware anymore so yeah. I, I couldn't become some kind of pirate game coder or something I'll just plug into the matrix yeah. over there but what it feels a little bit like once it's all over there you know the difference with an Apple Mac and a PC and the way that Mac is like it's almost like this glossy insular world and you never get under the bonnet mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but you you use this applications and stuff and like Whereas the PC, you are the mechanic with the oily thumbs trying to get the thing to work or something, yeah. right? And it's kind of like that same idea. If gaming and interacting with any media is like you just, you know, plug into that thing, but you can't access that technology anymore. It's away from all of you. So I'm not the right culprit to go away and code some revolutionary game, but it does feel to me like there's a, a freedom of being, a freedom of speech and stuff in people owning their own means of production mm-hmm. if you if some big corporation you know like that's sponsored by coke and sarah lee and it's in colorado and it, it has nothing to do with any of us God, sarah you know, sarah lee. Uh, <laughs> yeah and uh they're all over there you know just like and it's this world that you access it becomes a bit like disneyland or something and you can't ever be the script writer you know whereas i like the idea of it being a bit more revolutionary than that, like you doing it DIY, mm-hmm. and that was the good thing about people like Jeff Minter and like the Llama Games oh, and yeah. you know, all that stuff. You knew it was this nuts dude who smokes too much ganja, yeah. just living in Bristol and more doing this <laughs> stuff. You know, it wasn't. Uh, uh, that's what was nice about it. But there's a little spirit of revolution about it. Yeah. That if it all goes over, like it's ergonomic world that you buy into but mm. like sky tv mm. world feels like that and that i never engage much tv now because it feels like that and i don't want to be like really in there kind of thing i've never looked at it like that because i sometimes think with console gaming you don't have much access to making a game yourself huh. but yet whilst you're talking i'm thinking there is still ways in when if it goes all that way, mm. will there be ways in? I don't yeah. know. No, yeah, you'd have to own 
the corporate you'd have to be in the corporation mm-hmm. as soon as you go to the corporation you're there with it's a Marxist thing isn't it who owns the forces of production it's like well if the owners own the forces of production they they control what's produced and they benefit from what's produced and they they're the ones who like you know hold on to it mm-hmm. and it feels like a similar thing to that if like if if somebody can sit and you know like people there's something a bit revolutionary about the idea of some dude who's like you know he's no social whiz he's not the social hierarchy or something but you can sit there and do loads of coding and go online and can do this and achieve that and have this in innovative idea and like make it happen and stuff mm-hmm. and that can still happen now but that like what have we had now we've had about 27 years of internet like in regular life yeah. or so haven't we like something like that it's gonna shift off into some some more distant thing where you're a little bit like a viewer on the other side of the screen you're not like in there seeing the code mm-hmm. kind of thing that's deeper yeah almost terrifying so but it's also <laughs> exciting you see what's next? Uh, because I don't want to feel mm. like an old dude, just like be against. Yeah, well, no, because I, I, we, we I don't know. think it works like that. Anyway, I think it, there's a spirit of revolution, say, in early 80s gaming and some mad dude coding a llama game. Mm-hmm. Those same people are around, so they'll yeah. find another way. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. As long as you can make games on a small budget. Does that bring you up to PS3? Yeah, I guess it does, really. The most recent chapter is me then playing... Uh, Life after Skyrim, so I've been. Did you get that obsessed with it? Like? I got really into Skyrim, but just because for years and years, right, all the time. I remember playing uh, the first game that showed any kind of landscape that I saw was in arcades playing pole position. So you see the edge of the landscape, you know, when you were driving around in your car, the the, the rest of it wasn't on the track. Yeah, exactly. But you so you might see some mountains or something. And Bruce Lee, you could see uh, Kilimanjaro. Or oh something yeah, they were delightful. Yeah. I yeah. want to visit them yeah, exactly. because of that game. Well, it's almost like you have. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my just, girlfriend. Yeah. No, we don't need to go there. I've seen it. On. <laughs> Ten Kilimanjaro, twenty go to Kilimanjaro. <laughs> yeah. But but like position you could get yeah so you you feel like the landscape's off there but you can never access it mm-hmm. so even playing those really early games i used to think oh if only you could just head off into the bloody landscape It'd be more interesting than this crap <laughs> <laughs> so like uh, it's basically just doing that so elite when you would play elite you wouldn't feel that you're in like the ergonomics of a bunch of game like you would feel like you could just head off into space. Mm-hmm. And of course, you couldn't, mm-hmm. right? It's imagination working, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So that's what's like amazing. It's amazingly powerful that they can, that they've got that room. So with the open, like, world kind of games now, I, I think it's in a weird middle bit because there's the excitement of, oh, wow, you actually can do that. But. And then there's a reality like, oh, I've seen that. Um, I've seen that same graphic. Yeah, I've seen that tree and that book that seems to be all over the place, or that yeah, toilet yeah, seat. Yeah. A bookcase. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, look at Skyrim, for instance. There's certain, like, if you go to this crypt underground and you broke into it, mm-hmm. we've all be done that. Something, we've all been there. Yeah, we've all been <laughs> in the crypts. There'll be something in there, like, uh, like something 
I'm trying to think like a goblet or, or an asset. Or, yeah, an asset, exactly. Yeah. That you see so many times mm. and I start thinking, God, that's so overused. You know the really bad one then is if you played uh, just cause two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You flap it around with this winch. Yeah, that's its you, unique mechanic, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well that's it's like they spend all their money on the unique <laughs> mechanic. Because you go to the one of sixty five thousand islands <laughs> they're all identical. Yeah, yeah. But it's a little bit you know it's, it's that just what was the game we were talking about earlier where it was like that where like you, yes you can go to a gazillion planets but no man's worth, sky. Yeah, are they worth visiting, mm-hmm. you know. There's too much to do that and they could. Well, that's what um, Star Citizen, you heard of that? No. That's like a new huge, huge space exploration game, which is just on a scale mm-hmm. like unseen before, <laughs> to the point where it looks like it might never come out because it's just the, the scale is just unbelievable. And that's the premise, like that. Well, that's the idea behind that, where you can go anywhere you like and do anything you want, and there's stuff to actually do when you get there. But you'd have to actually create, recreate the universe. Like that's going to be the end game for games, isn't it? It's going to be an actual recreation of the <laughs> Where all you do is just put a blue hat on. And that's the only difference. <laughs> like, you... I'm gaming. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gaming. Are you, uh, are you actually saying that Ready Player One is hmm. somehow yeah. the future? It, well, if you look at VR chat and stuff like that, which we've talked about briefly before, mm-hmm. that's like putting a VR headset on and going to a room and just chatting to different people who've got their own avatars they've made up. Mm. That is going to be... I would hate to think in like 30 or 40 years' time we'll look back on great literature like we do with like Orwell with 1984 Mm. and just think, God, he he got so much right. Yeah, he he came up with so many good concepts. Oh, God. Oh, Ernest Klein did, man. (laughs) Ernest (laughs) Klein were ready player one. He couldn't write for shit. Yeah. God, he had some ideas. Well, they wouldn't say that, though. Because he... Yeah, they he deliberately wrote in that uh, immature fashion. Yeah, (laughs) to appeal to the He was testing the the reader. He was uh, (laughs) deliberately doing it like that. Yeah, I don't think he was. But I'm trying to think. I haven't... There's... I... My kind of gaming from about yeah nineties and noughties mm-hmm. is that's a bit weird there because I don't have my own system that I'm playing on, yeah. so it becomes total like I'm always the visitor. Mm-hmm. So I'll go and visit a mate, and he's like, "Oh, I'm playing on I don't know, Far Cry or something," and I'm like, "Oh, what's Far Cry?" You know. Yeah. So it's like I've had like a weird, a little bit like my thing for music at the moment. I don't look at any band I'm particularly crazy about at the moment, but I'm going to loads and loads of gigs and right. seeing loads of random. So it's quite nice like that to get like an overall picture, you know, like, yes. oh, that house, we played Mario Kart tons, that house, we played, I don't know. That's that's a nice, yeah. nice way to just jump around, little yeah, parts yeah. of uh, experience sort of thing. But yeah, then, yeah, I wonder why, yeah, I guess GTA really, you know, when when's that come out, about six years? Grand Theft Auto 5, yeah. it was 20, 40, 13? Oh, is that what it remember. is? It's only that long ago. GTA Five wasn't oh, too long ago. Yeah. I think it was, it was three or four years ago. Yeah, the three sixty. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because it came out on the Xbox One. Um, not. I think it might have been the same year that it came out. Within twelve months, anyway, it came out on the three sixty, and then it came out again on the Xbox One. So I think I. I may have bought it at the. Ec- when it was coming out again on the Xbox One, I may have bought it at that point. Right, okay. I think, because I remember 
Paul Byman. Well, yeah, it's weird that just like pulls me back into. Mm-hmm. But I wonder what like because you know the, there's the other context as well of people starting playing the games and looking into gaming and stuff in say 1980. Mm. Like a big part of it is they're not just looking at the entertainment value of that it's all like oh industry applications and that's kind of what's driving that technology. You know, it's not so much the as an entertainment industry that's almost like a spin off. Yeah, and it's coming out of the world of industry and robotics and car production and all, all this kind of stuff, I guess. And it like slips over being into this entertainment thing, doesn't it? Like mm-hmm. in from ninety to two thousand or something, it becomes this like right arm part of your media world, you know. And this is this hub of media, and there's your music's all there, and your your books you like and you know you can communicate with anybody you want through this and it kind of becomes part of that whereas the what was nice i think when they had that freedom before and it was very diy is when it hadn't really established itself as an entertainment thing mm-hmm. so it's a bit like somebody drawing a mouse compared with mickey mouse mm. isn't it it's like there's like a total freedom and a diy-ness about yeah. it I don't know whether that will come. I don't know if like the way we look at it now is actually already jaded, mm. and we're kicking over the same ground over and over again. We're making it go faster and more detailed and more density about it, but we're not actually doing anything new with it. And you can see that up ahead somewhere. I know there's like some VR stuff coming in and whatnot, but there's some big jump. And the big jump, I think, in the future bit is the screen. Mm. Is losing all of that Uh bit. That that's a separate bit to you. Like, it won't be anymore. Mm. You've closed the distance. That'll be the next book to come, I think. It's just going to be in the back of the head. And people will look (laughs) at GTA V and they'll be like... What? That primitive shit. That just what, looks like, like how did this get Wayne back in the game? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, that's the thing that the mask. Yeah, yeah, I'll be talking, isn't it? Like, this old fella going, yeah, I got GTA 5. And then, and now I was up and running again. <laughs> and, and it's like, have you said, like, well, what? Hey, that looks shit. That looks like calculator. That looks like you're doing a, you know, like, cause those. What's the, the famous, like, um, film where. The train comes towards the screen. And oh, on the first yeah, yeah, it was one of the first. But it's you were showing the cinema. Yeah. yeah, if we're to watch it now, we'll exactly. be like, we're gonna that bit in Gremlins too, isn't it? Where Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, mine was slightly highbrow. <laughs> well, where Hulk Hogan runs towards the camera. <laughs> Everybody fled the cinema. He goes, "Yeah, Gremlins, get out of the cinema, man!" He like breaks the fourth wall. Iconic moment. Nice.
Okay, Wayne, shall we move on to your gaming persona? Mm-hmm. The character in gaming that best represents you? I chose for this one... Uh, I chose it and then I had to examine to myself, and I still am, why <laughs> did I choose it? But I knew instantly which one, and it's the dog on Skyrim. All right. Okay. All right, yeah. You know you can get a dog. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a, you find him in a cabin, and he uh, follows you around. Actually, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know that you could get a companion on Skyrim, but I do know you could on Fallout. That's mm. what I'm thinking. On Skyrim, you've got like a companion who's a, like a sidekick who fights with you, mm-hmm. and it can be different people. But you can also get a dog that follows you around. And initially, with this dog, you're like, yes, you can get a dog, and the dog's really cool. Mm-hmm. But then... They've put a weird echo on the bark, it does. So every 30 seconds it goes, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and after like so long, you're like, that's oh, a bloody dog. <laughs> and you end up having to abandon the dog. And then you go through all sorts of guilt. Anyway, for some, <laughs> for some reason, I thought of this dog, and I'm not sure why. I'm just going to have to examine why. But if I had to pick one just on instinct, I'd say this, this dog. The dog? The dog in Skyrim. Okay. Does he have a name? I don't think he does. No. Oh, I think I called him Hogmother. Hogmother. I think you name him. <laughs> or was my horse called Hogmother? <laughs> Something was called Hogmother. Hog I don't know. I don't know. I know. If these things come up on them <laughs> in the mid- late night, <laughs> kind of thinking. The mother of Hog. What about your Desert Island games? Three games you could choose. Sorry, three games you would choose if you could only play three for the rest of your life. Right. And you have every facet though, so if it was an online game you could have the online element. Right. And you're not really on a desert island. I don't really know why it's called Desert Island Games. True. It's evolved <laughs> organically. Uh, I'd, I'd say Elite, but I'd possibly say I'd wait for the Elite. Dangerous. The, the new mm-hmm. one. And possibly take that. Apparently that Elite Dangerous had this, um, the developer's just dropped an alien race into the game and no one knew about it. So there was a guy doing a live stream and then all of a sudden this alien ship just appeared and like kind of flew in and he was like, oh my God, what the hell is this? And he just stayed completely still and it's like, there was like new sound effects in the game that no one had heard before. Uh-huh. This alien ship sort of scanned his ship and then just nicked off and he was like, what the fuck just happened? And that's how they introduced this new alien race into the game. That's well, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, just all of a sudden. Yeah. So yes, maybe you should give that a blast. I'd go with, uh, like, I'd, I'd pick like a dead simple arcade game as well mm-hmm. as one of them. We were on about uh, mobile games, weren't we, and saying, mm-hmm. like, uh, maybe it's a bit thin. But I'm thinking if it's like the right one, it can actually, the dynamics of it and what's working in it can be excellent. So something like Pac-Man, mm-hmm. possibly Galaxians, Tetris, maybe something like Tetris. I've never been into Tetris. Oh, no, oh. I'm really sorry. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Moved back. Uh, maybe Lord Runner. Did oh. you ever play Lord Runner? No. Well, did we? That's a class game. We, uh, one of our uh, biggest fans, mm-hmm. Nyla, hi mate, he wrote a game uh, called Lord Runner mm-hmm. and it was a homage to Lord Runner. And we played it. And it was really good, actually, really good version of it. See, at this point, me and Tom had never really played Lord Runner, which mm-hmm. is crazy because it's been out on so many different yeah. things. But that was my first way in. Same, yeah. And we both thought it was class. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. It is really good. 
I think I'd go load runner then. That's a good choice. I think I'd I'd pull it in. And then I'd... <laughs> for nine on. Yeah, take that way. <laughs> the last one. Uh, you see again because I'm a bit of a Skyrim obsessive. I could happily just gallop around there because it is so big. But mainly I play games like I watch films and like I read books and stuff for atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really interested in say, puzzles mm-hmm. and games. Like I hate them in fact. <laughs> uh, 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 so I like when somebody goes, here's this dead fast car. Uh-huh. I can just go anywhere in mm-hmm. that. I'm like, wait. Like I like the you know, the discovery. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Possibly Wolfenstein, the very first one. Three uh-huh. yeah. D. Then we might have done a PC, so that would be in about ninety three yeah. or something. Ninety four, ninety five. That's a good. Yeah. Did you ever play the the more modern one mm-hmm. that came out about mm-hmm. five years ago? I've never been so disappointed. Oh, I liked it. Really? Well, there was we oh, talked. I couldn't, I couldn't crack it at all. There was the PlayStation Two one we talked about on the last episode. Then there was a three sixty one. Oh yeah, I wonder if you're talking but about the. It was the PS, well PS3. Well, that's was, the one. That one like. But there's a what's the new, latest one called New Order or Colossus or something like uh, that. Yeah. The one I really was no good. That was New Order. Right. Okay. Is that and then the latest one is something Colossus, maybe I think I don't know. We couldn't remember the name last time. So which one's the one on the 360? I thought was not that good. Is that New Order? Uh, don't know. Can't remember. Because it might be that the same one now. This one it's almost. Reminds me of uh, Fallout. It's that one, almost, yeah. like where you wander around thing. checkpoints and stuff. Mm. It's which a is bit open worldy, but which is not. like really good. But that wasn't why I bought Wolfenstein. Yeah, yeah. it was to yeah. kill Nazis, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So now I'm playing the Saboteur. That's my current. Thanks <laughs> to you, Tom. Thanks to your recommendation. Oh, You're very welcome. Uh, this yeah. podcast you... actually useful. No, I did. I, I did. I looked in. I got Battlefield uh, Bad Company Two. Yep. That is excellent. It is. I don't often play my way through missions and finish a game, and I actually did with that. I loved it. Mm. It was great. And then I went and got Battlefield Three. It must have been yeah. I think it was three. Uh, and it's like... Uh, I mean, I wasn't there, but I think it was. <laughs> it's like uh, you're in the Middle East, I think. Or are you against... No, in, in Bad Company Russian. 2, you're against Russians, yeah. are you? Are you still... Battlefield 3 is... Uh, Battlefield 4, I think, was China. They were the baddies. Mm-hmm. I think Battlefield 3 might have been Russia. Or might have been just a nondescript country. that They didn't want yeah. to actually say outright who it was. That's an amazing game. Is it Battlefield 3? Have you finished that one? No, no. Yeah. It was quite a tough game. Like. It's more of a tech demo, the, the single player for Battlefield 3 with the jet mm. sequence and stuff like that. But Saboteur, I, I did enjoy the Saboteur. I thought that was a really nice, oh, it's excellent. A nice idea. I love it. Yeah. I like the areas were black and white, and then when you liberated them, they turned into that lovely pastel, like oily, oily colours and stuff like mm. that. Really nice. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's brilliant. I never played that. No. The only disappointment with it, and it sounds like the teenage me would really like the fact that the More boobs, I was gonna say boobs in the game, right? And same with GTA, but the, the grown-up me thinks, oh, how are you? Yeah, it's too like, many You don't need to do that. Like, yeah. what, if it, what about, like, you know, like women who play games? Yeah. It's not just like men. It doesn't have to be like a boys' club, does it? A teenage yeah, boys' club. Anyway, so that's the only downside. That's a good point because imagine if it's I was really playing. It's really immature to have that. It's mm. a bit daft. But it, it's, but then the way they might argue is, but it's authentic. Like, 
but it's not necessary. It's like going back to what we were saying about watching sex scenes and movies. It's just not necessary these days. Everyone knows what people have got under their tops and under their pants. <laughs> We've all seen them. We've all like, touched them. But you're one of the biggest perverts in the room. <laughs> Wait, is that because I'm naked? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you said you liked it, Ross. So I think, yeah, possibly I might put Saboteur in the desert island. Wow. So I think wow. I actually, wow. I actually really? like it because I play for atmosphere. Ah. So uh, the atmosphere in that game is its strongest point. Mm. The Better atmosphere, the what your imagination is doing, is, yeah, it's like being filmic. So yeah. you've got a lot of scope with that game as well. You could play it for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Just kind of doing almost the same thing, but still getting yeah, satisfaction yeah. from it. Yeah, I like the climbing parts. That's something that like you could equate it to Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto didn't have that traversing the buildings and stuff mm, and yeah. finding your own vantage points and things like that. that's what I liked about that game yeah yeah and the, the, good. the music playing all the time like you say like the, the atmosphere atmosphere I created it was like a sort of because it was all set in Paris so it had like a like Parisian music playing all the time and yeah. no it was good and if you're in the Nazi occupied bits it's always like stormy and rainy and mm-hmm. every all of the uh, non-player kind of what do they have access characters I'm listening in so do the Nazis have access to like weather changing? <laughs> like, no, it's yeah. to show so it's, such a contrast between the liberated and non-liberated. So is it sunny sunshine and everyone's yeah. going la la la? Well, I'd rather well, live in the dark. It's 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 just it, the bits with the where the Nazis have control. The only color really is the red symbol, like the Nazi flag, the swastika mm-hmm. flag. It's all literally black and white, yeah, like a black and white film. It's it's really, really it was big. really bold, a really bold idea. Uh, but I don't really think, unfortunately, because it didn't do very well again. Uh, it didn't really pay off, unfortunately. Not enough boobs, I heard. <laughs> or too many. <laughs> yeah, way too many. What about your characteristic point, Wayne? Now, obviously, we chose plus one in procrastination. Ross chose plus one in deception. No, it was negativity. Sorry, negativity. What would you say when you were produced? Well, I had one. I was going to say, like, repetition. That, you know, like, just driving around on Grand Theft Auto for mm. two years doing the same thing. It's like, God, you must be, like, actually quite thick. And I'll be like, oh, I'll just go for a drive. <laughs> like, eh, eh, you know, and I'm just in there. But it's because my imagination's playing, really. I'm not a gamer so in plus. there. I'm trying to work through all... Oh, 100% completion of mm. that. I'm not playing like that. Mm. I'm more just like running around in the cracks of it all, just mm. going, oh, I like the look. Oh, what's in that drawer? Oh, look. Oh, oh shit, I shot him. Oh, right. <laughs> like, like, stuff like this. I'm not really going, oh, 100% completion. I've got all the trophies and I've got, mm-hmm. I just get trophies and stuff by accident. Yeah. Kind of thing. I don't really, you know, what do they mean anyway, really? Well, this is it. We, as we discussed in the achievement episode, what the hell are they? What even are they? <laughs> yeah, I know. They're, they're like a oh, weird it, half concept yeah. that failed. Yeah, it's something. But they're stuck with them now. Yeah, and like they're just there. When people have got some of them and they become currency, but then it doesn't actually mean anything. So they're going, yeah, I've got loads of these. Look mm-hmm. at what I've got. And mm-hmm. it's like, but Bitcoins. I haven't got anything. <laughs> so, yeah. So what's your what was your point? What was your not your what was your point? What was your uh, your your characteristic point? My characteristic. I was thinking this repetition, but okay. I'm, I'm a hamster wheel. What's a better way? What's a word? Um, like Conan on the wheel of time. <laughs> Get all both beefed. 
Uh, yeah, I know what you mean, but what would that be? Plus one. Rodent mind. Rodent, <laughs> rodent minded. Yeah, um, plus one. I could never minded. imagine that you would have picked plus one rodent mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, but now it makes sense. Of, yeah, only in terms of, you know, yeah, being easily pleased by. Mm. But has to be good. So, like, the saboteur's got good atmosphere. So, like, right, it's worth engaging. Keep it gives you some back. back. Mm. GTA's amazing for, like, driving. It's just the most amazing driving experience. Mm. So it's like, oh, right, I love Well, you're driving. like exploration. So is yeah, that like totally. Plus one, inquisitism. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's Inquisitiveness. It. Inquisitism. Inquisitism. No. Is that word? Inquisitiveness. Is inquisitive. Mm. Plus one, he is inquisitive. Nosiness. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's a better word. So that's one of when, when newer questions that we ask guests. The other new question is three people from history or celebrities to play games with for a day? Oh, yeah. A great question. I'm sure you'll agree. Well, you made up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the producers did. I thought my first one was Stanislavski. He was like a, a drama theorist in the, I think, in the 1930s. And through it, he influenced 60s and 70s acting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, all acting, really. And his thing is method acting. And I thought, oh, right, cool, because... <laughs> So if he was playing saboteur, mm. he'd then have to actually go and join the resistance. <laughs> so then you'd win. Right. Do you know what I mean? So he'd have to actually do the thing you're just imagining. Mm. So Stanislavski was my first one. I think, like, David Lynch would be good. Yeah. Uh, mm. To spend, like... Uh, and uh, what's the actor called in The Razorhead? He's in lots of them, actually. It's his pal. I always thought it was... Um, from the, the still image, I thought it was Charlie, Charlie Higson from, from uh, the Fast Show. You know him. <laughs> yeah. look, it probably looked like him on the front cover of the thing, but it's not. I thought he looked a bit like the guitarist from Napalm Death. But all right, okay. No, it's one of his pals he grew up with because they were like student filmmakers mm-hmm. together. He's in loads of them. He's in, Is he? Yeah, he's in. He's in. Uh, He's in Twin Peaks as well. Ah, oh, I didn't know. Did he do Mulholland Drive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, did David that, Lynch do Mulholland Drive? I went to the cinema to see that. Yeah. I remember. That was gratuitous. And the third uh, was, it. there's like a, I don't know which I'd go for, it was either uh, Eno mm. or the Thin White Duke, the character. <laughs> So, oh, like, right, okay. just you and the Thin White Duke mm. gaming. What game would be... you play with him? Oh, shit. That's I think question. a pool game, you know? <laughs> a really shit pool, pool game. game. What was that one yeah. called? Uh, <laughs> was it Jimmy White's? Mc... No, I was Jimmy White's new mm-hmm. but it was the car you needed. I think some, okay. yes, right, right. some kind of... Snooker arcade. <laughs> you, and the, you and the Thin White Duke. <laughs> I don't know, that's like... That's that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the chances are they're really slim. Really, I mean, really slim. Uh, he doesn't exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No he stopped playing him in about 1974. He wasn't a big pool fan. He wasn't a big pool fan. He was allergic fan. to pool, actually. Yeah. And then, of course... Yeah, so it's not going to happen, that one. Actually, well, I don't think any of them can happen. Well, I no, think that's Hitler fine. is one of mine. Yeah. No, What's one of yours? Hitler. Really? Yeah. Didn't listen to the podcast, did you? <laughs> <laughs> He'd be quite full on. Nah, I think he, he was a bit full on. He was a little bit intense, wasn't he? Well, I'll see what he's like and I'll get he back. He wouldn't play the saboteur, though, would he? 
Well, I was going to play it'd be a whole new, with him. Yeah, it'd be a whole new game. He'd crack it and play it from the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be true. like there's a problem with me defences there. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be on the phone all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Shouting. Eva! <laughs> just shouting. Das is not einen booby. Like just saying that. <laughs> einen booby. Excellent. Good choices. Cool. Good choices. Well, that's it. Oh, we're right. all done. I thought you had like... A... We're all done. Oh, okay. We've got one more thing to do, though. We do have one more thing to do. What's that? Oh, well, two it. more things. I'm going to first of all ask you, have you enjoyed your experience? It's been absolutely lovely. Thank you very much for having me. You're consciously obliged to say that. <laughs> it's been my pleasure, and I'm sure it's been Ross's pleasure as well. He's to cheers. Technically, it's your second visit. Obviously, the first time. It uh, was uh, in shadow form. Yes. <laughs> shadow man. Yes, before we finish, we need to test your limerick icity. Oh, shit. Forgot all about that. Limericity. Right, go for it. Don't worry, because this is where the I'm just going to play. Ah, right. <laughs> or See you if I can just add, there. I'm just going to add level line into it. That right. sounds good. So, there was a young man called Wayne who played games to keep himself sane. But when he's not Skyrimming or Tron Disc spinning, he takes crack to block out the pen. Okay. As Ross, you and I have, that's usually what we do. As We're well. Sorry, sorry, I shouldn't. Sorry, that was a secret. Yeah. Okay. Are you still sniffing, Ross, then? What? No. <laughs> Crack cocaine. <laughs> Helps us get us through the podcast. Yeah. I was going to ask you as well, short but sweet soundbite, which is, is not going to be a new question to ask everybody, but why do you think you game? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's a perfectly valid form for your imagination, like films or books or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And just because an activity you do on your own mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's antisocial. Yes. And if you look at all the different ways you can engage games, or the three of us sitting here talking about them, or podcasts about them, or uh, you know, so much, so many people chipping in, so many ideas about them, and playing them, they're just the glue of a community, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So, uh, totally valid way for you to imagine stories and tell stories and have things about characters. It's a legit art form, isn't it? It's completely legit. And it's taken a while for people to start thinking it. Mm-hmm. But there's a film just coming out now, advertised on the side of a bus the other day or so, and it was a... Player one. Player it was one. based on a game, a film, a film being made just because there's been a big game, and I can't remember what the, the game was. Oh, something. I was thinking, mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's coming around the other way now, you know, mm-hmm. like you would maybe get a game Ah, because yeah. of Batman's in existence. Mm-hmm. Like, it's now valid enough yes. that it's informing the other art forms. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Art imitates art, isn't it? Yeah, totally. So it's like, that's, it's proven itself now. Yes. In fact, more and more, it's becoming the most valid. Yeah, like it's the most pertinent to this t- this time. It's a, it's a story that you can take part in, isn't it? And you can sort of mould exactly, and yeah. manufacture yourself. Yeah. It's always scripted to a certain extent, but when you play games like the open world ones, they're not. Yeah. So there's a form of ad lib in there, isn't mm-hmm. it? That you're doing this, doing that. The more small detail density that comes into that 
ad-libbing that you can do yeah. when you're in that world. Imagine if you can ad-lib completely, mm. you know, so. What's coming? Yeah. What's yeah. It's coming. Are you yeah. making it, though? Mark my words. <laughs> so, validity. So, it's not bad to go from, like, a ZX80. Mm-hmm. What's that, a jump of 40 years? No, mm-hmm. not even that. It's not even 40 years, about 35 years mm-hmm. or something. And mm-hmm. then you're suddenly thinking, oh, how can we describe reality? Like all good art forms describe reality. And these things kind of describe reality, which is why I think it cheapens them when a game's got like tits in or a game's yeah. got this in or a game's got that. It's like actually you're cheapening it. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't mean you have to go away and be lofty and like high art because right. I don't think that's valid either. You just talk about what it's like today. Mm. But some games are starting. Some games do that, don't they? And do I want to rip up my question because what's the best titch you've seen? Like, <laughs> you know, I've got an answer now. Yeah, yeah, it's like it should move from being a teenage. Yeah, it's, well, it's already has. It's moving from being like you know, thing teenage boys trade around like they might trade around. <laughs> copies of Razzle mm. and a few Atari cartridges mm. and then suddenly it's like ah, right, it's actual valid they spent 300 million developing it etc etc I mean yeah. beautiful concise perfect way to end Ross have you enjoyed yourself? I have yeah I'm drinking old git Ginger here's to you thank you very it's, much it's uh, been good to see you here's to you Tom Oh, listeners. Oh. <laughs> yes, we'll oh, be back. Oh. We'll be back in May. Ross, is it going to be? Is it May? Do you think it's going to be the one we've been teasing for really? a while? Could be. What's Could be. One? We've got plenty of time, haven't is we? Is it the one where you both strip live? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do a Facebook Live. It's going to be the Star Wars special, we're hoping. Oh, sure. We'll commit, we'll commit ourselves to that. <sighs> Ball sacks. Oh, and then a break in June, so there's every cloud. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wayne, thank you again for joining us. Oh, it's pleasure. Been an pleasure. Well, thank you very All much for having us. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to stay for the after party? I think so, yeah. 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 It's at Ross's. <laughs> yeah, it gets foodie. I've brought me a Hall of Notes album. Will <laughs> oh, I still oh. get the chance to put it on? M-E-T-H-O-D-O-N And do me dance routine. Why is it sexual? It has to be sexual. It's not sexual, but it is powerfully erotic. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) It's a yes from me. See how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. There's no pressure. No pressure. Thank you very much for listening to...
So no regrets? No, no, they don't work. That's uh, Robbie Williams, isn't it? No, Tennyson. Oh. <laughs> no regrets. Are you just like a <laughs> double act, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're creasing you up. <laughs> <laughs> you can't cope.